Good morning, everyone. Welcome to my podcast. And you are listening to Partners in Health and Biz. I'm your host, Gail Dixon McBride. So very happy you could join me this morning. So we're going to kick off this show this morning with the scripture from Romans 8.28, because we know all things work together for good for those who love the Lord, for those who are the called according to his purpose. So remember, no matter what we're going through, no matter what you're going through at this time, there are a lot of things happening in this world. But if you are a believer, remember that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. So this morning, our show is, the title of this show is Women's Health. Should you have a hysterectomy? Should you have a hysterectomy? Ladies, we've been going through it for decades. Yes. Well, getting a a hysterectomy can change your life and not always for the better. That's right. Never solves to treat bleeding and pain exist. Yet many women and doctors are still going for the nuclear option unnecessarily. So Women's Health did investigate this. And today I'm going to investigate it and we're going to discuss it this morning. So there was a lady, her name was Renee Meyer. And she always had period pain so bad that she couldn't function without ibuprofen. But in 2016, at the age of 37 years old, she started going to the bathroom every hour and having problems with bladder leakage. Now remember, 37 years old, we're not talking about a 77-year-old or a 97-year-old woman. Her doctor's initial suggestion was do those Kegel or Kegel exercises. You know, where you squeeze your vagina and then you release, you squeeze your vagina and you release. And it actually is, it tightens those muscles in your vaginal area. They're called Kegel or Kegel uh, exercises. But when Meyer Renee noticed her pelvic area was starting to appear pregnant when she wasn't, she returned to the doctor. An ultrasound uncovered the true problem. Can anyone guess what that was? And many of you ladies know. Well, the problem was not cancer, but fibroids. Masses in the uterus that are benign. And they are over 99% of the time benign. So the fibroids are masses in the uterus. And the solution, they told her, removing her uterus so the fibroids could no longer grow. Well, I've had fibroids when I was younger. Thank God I don't have them anymore. And they weren't very severe, but I know women who have had large, uh, painful fibroids. Mine were minor, minor pain, not um, massive uh, excruciating pain but they yet and still they were it would they were painful um and i did not get a hysterectomy fortunately when it started to get a little 
more painful. Uh, the doctors, my gynecologist said, well, you're at the age where we're not going to do anything because the fibroids are growing because of, and that have been growing because of the hormones. And as you age, your hormones will decrease and and therefore those fibroids will eventually shrivel up and dissolve and we won't have to do any type of um, operation to remove the fibroids. So Renee Meyer, now 42 years old, didn't plan to have kids. Well, thank God for that. But she may have, right? She could still have children at the age of 42. These days, all types of um all types of turns in, med- in medicine have allowed for women to have children later in life and have them successfully. So Meyer was now 42 years old. She didn't plan to have kids. She was on board with getting a hysterectomy. But the surgeon also suggested removing the cervix, the opening of uh, the opening to the uterus, so she would no longer need pap smears. So Meyer asked how that might affect her sex life. And I have a friend who had this, that she had this particular surgery uh, to remove the cer- to, to remove the uterus. Um, I mean, removing the cervix, <laughs> removing the cervix, not the uterus. Opening the cervix, cervix is the opening to the uterus. So she would no longer need pap smears. Meyer asked how that might affect her sex life again. She couldn't find much online about which reproductive organs were involved in an orgasm, but the doctor she consulted told her there would be no difference, she recalls, except there was. A lot of what women feel during orgasm or orgasm is the contractions of the uterus and the cervix. Well, while she doesn't regret going the route she did, she said, I'm pissed off there wasn't more information, says Meyer, who lives in Sacramento. I miss cervical orgasms. She's not the only one who has dealt with a major information gap around such a life-altering procedure. Hysterectomies have been around since before the Middle Ages. But only in the past couple of decades have researchers started to prove that prove what for years was whispered among those who had one, which is removing the organ sometimes causes problems, at least as much as it solves them. And although there are no less dramatic options, many women aren't provided with them. And I should repeat that because (laughs) I should have said, and although there are less dramatic options, although there are now less dramatic options, many women aren't provided with them or they are encouraged to go full bore and remove the uterus because that solution is the obvious and easiest. Now, we're not talking about instances of cancer or possible cancer where removing the uterus really may be the only option because about 90% of hysterectomies are done for reasons unrelated to cancer. Yes, hysterectomies are the second most common surgery among women 
of reproductive age in the U.S. and one of the most controversial. The procedure popped up in celebrity news when girl star Lena Durham made headlines for choosing to have one at the age of 31 years old and tales of doctors forcing patients patients into the procedure without any medical reason such as the Virginia OBGYN convicted late last year after he performed hysterectomies at his discretion for insurance fees Mm sometimes come to light well it did but the question of who receives a hysterectomy and why was a contentious topic in the medical community long before all all of this why a hysterectomy is technically technically only the removal of the uterus uterus aka the womb where a fetus develops and grows and which plays a critical role in your menstrual cycle and fertility. But people tend to use the term hysterectomy as shorthand to cover a lot of other procedures that may happen at the same, the very same time, like removal of ovaries and fallopian tubes. And as a catch-all word for various techniques. The procedure is most commonly performed to fix pain and bleeding from a variety of reproductive health issues. And this could be anything ranging from fibroids, which may affect as many as two thirds of women who are age 50 by the age of 50 to endometriosis and adenosis and an adenomyosis. adenomyosis conditions in which the endometrial tissue the cells that line the womb grows in places it shouldn't yes endometriosis here's where things get tricky and i'm sure you know women who've who've had endometriosis but here's where things get tricky the number of alternate treatments for these types of health issues is growing Yes, and we'll get into those. Yet the number of women getting hysterectomies seems to have remained fairly stable. Roughly 500,000 a year. Whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) That's a lot of hysterectomies, ladies. A lot of removal of our organs and unnecessarily so. Seems too, because like many things in women's health, the truth is murky. Some studies and CDC figures suggest the rate of hysterectomies has declined, but a bunch of these studies included only women receiving treatment for fibroids, which excludes an awful lot who received hysterectomies for other reasons. Notes a brief from the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality. Other figures include only abdominal and vaginal types excluding outpatient hysterectomies done robotically or via laparoscopy, which are on the rise because they're less invasive. They require a much smaller incision and typically have a shorter, easier recovery. Abdominal hysterectomies are the traditional open surgery kind your grandmother might have had. 
laparoscopic and robotic have been around since 1988 and 1999 respectively. No matter the numbers, there are still a lot of reasons to believe hysterectomies are done more often than they should be. So are we doing too many hysterectomies? I'd say the consensus among providers who perform them would be that there are probably too many performed right now, according to Christopher Tarnay, Dr. Christopher Tarnay, and he's, he works in the division. He's the division chief of urogynecology and reconstructive pelvic surgery at UCLA. There are less invasive hysterectomy techniques, so that approach has taken over, he says. But the trend has moved away from hysterectomy entirely. So here are the facts. As many as one in five women who underwent the surgery for a benign condition may not have needed the procedure. Did you hear that? As one as, as many as one in five women who underwent the surgery for a benign, which means it wasn't cancerous condition, may not have needed the procedure found a study published in the American Journal of Obstetrics and Gynecology. For women under 40, that figure may be as many as two in five. Whoa, two in five who did not need this procedure, but did did get the procedure. What's more, black women are getting them more than any other group. Oh my, oh my. Okay, let's, let's, let's talk about this. Let's look at this. So here's the clear divide. Black women are 2.4 times more likely to have a hysterectomy than white women, according to a study in the Journal of Women's Health. Part of the reason for that is because they are also three times more likely to develop the fibroids. The Real Housewives of Atlanta, Cynthia Bailey and Portia Williams opened up on the show about their fibroids and the condition is so sufficiently understudied that then Senator, now VP, uh, Vice President Kamala Harris introduced a bill proposing $30 million a year for five years to expand fibroid research. Here, here. Yay, 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 yay. Uh, good for you, Vice President Kamala Harris. The hard truth is that many black women grow up expecting to grit their teeth through the pain until they've had kids and get a hysterectomy. My mother, says Cook, had a hysterectomy in her 40s because of her fibroids and she didn't look back says Carol Cook, age 57 of Phoenix. Because of her own fibroids, Cook herself endured pain she describes as fear-inducing. I wanted to curl up in a ball and have someone knock me out until it was over. After her son was born, she had a hysterectomy at 35 and is, a, and is happy with the results. But black women are less likely to be offered a minimally invasive hysterectomy, which comes with shorter recovery times and fewer complications. Even when you account for risk factors like weight and general health, says Amy Alexander, 
Dr. Amy Alexander, a gynecologist, oncologist in Asheville, North Carolina. Dr. Alexander began studying special disparities in care when she was working in Chicago and noticed the patients at Northwestern University's hospital, which has a larger percentage of white patients than Cook County Hospital. A Chicago public hospital seemed more likely, <clears throat> excuse me, to receive minimally invasive hysterectomies. Doctors work hard. Nurses work hard. Everybody tries their best, she says, but people end up with different care because there are different systems. Doing a minimally invasive hysterectomy also depends on the training of the doctor and the equipment available at the medical center. Dr. Alexander herself says she couldn't do a complicated one if the hospital did, didn't have a robot, something many county and small hospitals can't afford. Nor might a county hospital have a bed that tilts the patient back so the doctor can see into the pelvis and essential for long, minimally invasive surgery. Because of this, many women in underserved hospitals just end up getting the old school procedure. So there's an imperfect solution, uh, an imperfect solution. Ultimately, hysterectomies are not always the magical fix women and doctors expect them to be. But if the problematic organ isn't there anymore, all your issues are solved, you'd think. Ha 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 ha. But not so much. One example, women who opt for a hysterectomy to address endometriosis have a 15% probability of persistent pain even after the surgery. I'm so thankful that I didn't get this surgery with a three to 5% risk of worsening pain or new symptom development, according to a review of studies in facts, views, and vision, issues in obstetrics, gynecology, and reproductive health. So let's stop right here. So let's think about this. Women who have had hysterectomies unnecessarily, or women who just had, who had hysterectomies that the doctors unequivocally had decided this is something that you need there's no other way around it we've done uh we've looked at this your condition from all sizes up down sideways you know round and round and this is the option the only option well think about how many women in are married and are in these relationships dealing with pain while, while they're having sex and Maybe, you know, I listened to a pod, another podcast where the husbands don't understand. They think, well, maybe though my wife just doesn't want me. She's not attracted to me anymore. And the woman is trying to explain this pain, which he can't understand because she had a hysterectomy. Um, and so things start to go a little, get a little fuzzy in the bedroom, in the marriage bedroom, right? Um, the relationship bedroom. So this could be a, a problem. This could be a reason. So think about this, ladies. So again, meanwhile, removing the uterus can affect, can cause side effects, including bladder dysfunction, 
and pelvic pain from the scarring because your organs shift after one is removed. Some women report various types of chronic pain, like hip or back, which then radiates up to neck pain and can cause migraines. I'm telling you, who knew that these hysterectomies could cause so much uh, discomfort and pain? Says Heather Hirsch, MD, an internist specializing in women's health at Brigham and Women's Hospital in Baltimore, She's talking about the different pain uh, that women experience even after the hysterectomy that not they that are not it's not even connected to that part of their body. Women who have hysterectomies also face a nearly twofold increased risk of going into early menopause. Who wants that? A study in obstetrics and gynecology found that women who have hysterectomies also face a nearly twofold increased risk of going into early menopause. And I, ladies, I've gone through menopause. I'm, I'm still in menopause, I would assume, because I still have those night sweats. Not any hot flashes during the day, uh, but mainly those night, night sweats. Um, so, and I know in the beginning, it was very uncomfortable very uncomfortable to the point where I was like, somebody has got to do something about this because I can't deal with being hot from your chest all the way up to your neck, through your face. In the beginning, when when it's intense, it can really uh, be a treacherous. So anyway, Women who have had hysterectomies uh, face a nearly twofold increased risk of going into early menopause. And women who undergo, who undergo the surgery younger than 35 also have a greater chance of suffering from depression. This according to Mayo Clinic, a Mayo Clinic study. There's also the consequence uh, Meyer experienced, which is that women can no longer have a cervical orgasm. Well, I don't know about you, but um, sex is still enjoyable if you're not having, if you're with the right partner who knows what they're doing and you're not in pain and you feel good. So why then are so many women still getting hysterectomies if there are a not insignificant number of downsides? It's complicated. The range of treatments for pain and bleeding now includes everything from progesterone, IUDs, which help thin the endometrium, and in turn, treat abdominal bleeding and pain. The uterine artery embolizations, where the artery that leads to the uterus is catheterized, a procedure that requires a referral to an internal interventional radiologist. For fibroids specifically, there's the option of a (laughs) myomectomy, myomectomy, there we go, a myomectomy where the growths are snipped out, but the uterus is spared, but they can grow back. That's the reality with many alternative options. They simply might not be a permanent solution for the underlying health issue. 
IUDs, for example, often don't work for women with larger uteruses, says Daniel Morgan, Dr. Daniel Morgan, professor of obstetrics and gynecology at the University of Michigan Medical School and Von Von Voigtlander Women's Hospital. And because fibroids in particular change the shape of the uterus, it may be difficult to get an IUD deployed safely. Another technique called an endometrial ablation, which destroys the uterus lining, comes with a risk of developing pain from regrowth and blood trapped under scar tissue. This doesn't sound good. The American College of Obstetrics and Gynecologists offered a caution about the procedure that reads, in part, that it should be considered, excuse me, only if other treatments have been ineffective or contradicted. So you can imagine why the the conversations about the risk and benefits of each option can be difficult and lengthy, says Dr. Hirsch. That's another barrier and a big reason why it's sometimes easier for doctors to say, let's just take the uterus out. Oh my. Compounding the issues is that doctors have many biases, says women's health advocate and advocate uh, activist Nora Kofi, who founded the Hysterectomy Educational Resources and Services Foundation, uh, better, uh, better known as HERS. Women are routinely told, what do you need your uterus for? Oh my gosh. If they're, they've already had children, she says, hmm, earlier education. So let's clarify here. Why do why you you do need a uterus why you do need a uterus so regardless of kid status besides the risk of early menopause and depression women who've had hysterectomies are at increased odds for high blood pressure obesity high uh, heart disease according to a mayo clinic study researchers don't yet understand what the role of the uterus is in all of this long-term issues are especially pronounced the younger you have the hysterectomy women younger than 35 who had the procedure had a 4.6 fold higher risk for congestive heart failure compared with women above that age who had just a 0.6 percent higher risk when dr hertz sees a new patient sees new patients she'll ask those who underwent the procedure why they had a hysterectomy she's curious about their understanding of it and many don't know because for some women speaking and asking questions about their bodies is still taboo a lot of women who tell me they aren't sure why they got the procedure follow up with i wish i never did or i wish someone told me there were alt- were alternatives It's not surprising, as you might think, for an expert not to know much about an alternative treatment option, considering the sheer volume of information OBGYNs are expected to be on top of. One survey of OBGYNs suggested that surgical training was not adequate, in part because of how overloaded residents are. They not only need to be competent in obstetrics, primary care and office gynecology, but they must master a multitude of surgical techniques and be competent with evolving technology, it, it noted. Hysterectomy has the advantage in that every gynecologist knows how to do one. 
but not every gynecologist is trained in some of the other procedures, says Elizabeth Stewart, MD, a Mayo Clinic gynecologist who specializes in fibroid research. She says, I think one of the saddest things for women is that some are not presented with any alternatives to hysterectomy. When good ones exist, all the more reason to do your research before you get on the exam table. So we're almost out of time, ladies and gentlemen. I certainly hope you have received some valuable information here. I had a few uh, more bits of tidbits of information to share with you. But the true story, advocating for yourself and digging into the options can make a difference. Kristen Bennett, 37, of Los Angeles, was diagnosed with fibroids when she was 25. She suffered through the pain for more than a decade until in the past few years she began bleeding so badly that she worried she'd bleed out. She was so exhausted some days she couldn't make breakfast and she also developed heart palpitations and acid reflux. So the moral of this story is, ladies, um, at talk to your doctors, do your own research, find out what alternatives are out there. Don't let anybody tell you you're not going to have any more children, right? So you don't need, you might as well have a hysterectomy. So I'm your host, Gail Dixon McBride. And until next Saturday, I want you to get out and get some exercise and fresh air. Uh, stay positive. Until next Saturday, stay healthy and business savvy. If you want to reach me, you can contact me on goldenvoicesunlimited at gmail.com, goldenvoicesunlimited at gmail.com. Have a wonderful day. Ta-ta for now.